Welcome to the Nonprofit Voice Tech Series, a special edition of the Nonprofit Voice Podcast, hosted by Mark Becker, founding partner of Cafex's Partners and editorial advisory board member of Nonprofit Pro. In each episode of this monthly installment, Mark will have conversations with prominent nonprofit organizations and industry thought leaders to learn more about different technology offerings in the marketplace. Join us and together we will learn more about these innovative digital tools and how to navigate the rapidly evolving technology landscape. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Mark Becker here, founding partner of Cathexis Partners. Today, I am joined by Shauna and Ryan, and we're going to talk about um, data prospecting, uh, well screening, and all of that kind of fun stuff. Um, if Ryan, if you'd like to introduce yourself uh, and give us your background and your current role first, that'd be great. Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. Uh, it's great to see you again. Um, so Ryan Warnicky, uh, I've been with DonorSearch for probably 11, 12 years um, until a few months ago. I was the VP of Strategic Partners and I've made a career change. I'm going back to school. So I'm part-time an advisor at DonorSearch, which is a lot of fun. I get to do things like this. Nice. And uh, so, you know, what, what else have I done? I, I sit on the board of the Giving Institute, if you're familiar with uh, that, or the mm -hmm. Giving USA Foundation, our sister organization. I, I chair fundraising for the Giving USA Foundation. Um, I sit on the board of AFPDC. It sounds like my job is to sit on a lot of boards, I guess, um, professional associations, that is. But uh, you know, over my time, I've, I've worked with hundreds, if not thousands, of nonprofits to help them figure out how might they use wealth screening data for major gift uh, solicitation purposes, prospect identification, um, pipeline management, which is really big because a lot of orgs think that maybe the gift officers should have 200 prospects and there's a bunch of good ones they should be assigned. But in reality, that's typically not the case because you can only do a good job managing so many relationships at once. Um, so anyway, that's a little bit about me. And oh, Donor Search is a well screening uh, prospect research solution. Um, we've got around 8,000 customers. The focus of the product has historically been on who's given how much elsewhere. You can always, there's a bunch of us that identify capacity, um, but that's where we have shined. And more recently, we've moved into the uh, machine learning and, and AI world. So we've got a division called Donor Search Aristotle that uses, say, emails and um, event information in addition to the well screening stuff to figure out who's most likely to engage in a meaningful way and therefore who's most likely to give and it branches off in other directions, but that's enough for now. No, that's great. And I, I appreciate you joining us. Um, I've, we've been, I don't know, I can't remember when we first met Ryan, but yeah, we've been crossing paths uh, in at different conferences and in the industry for, for years and started thinking about having this conversation, uh, this topic, I, I definitely thought of you first, um, just with all your experience and, and uh, industry knowledge. So appreciate you being here. And then Shauna, I would love to have you introduce yourself. To tell us a little bit about your role at the organization um, to start off with. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Mark, for having us. Um, so uh, my name is Shauna Bradley, and I am the uh, uh, coordinator of prospect development uh, at the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts uh, here in the wonderful Richmond, Virginia. 
um, definitely has become a film and uh, TV series uh, mecca for a lot of filming. So <laughs> it's always fun to see uh, the VMFA in, uh, in a variety of shows, um, such as Homeland and Dope Sick. Not sure if we can say that, but <laughs> those are the, are the two that come to mind. So, um, and I've been here now six years. Um, prior to that, I was at an institution further down the road for 14 years. Uh, so altogether, 20 years in development and a variety of uh, different roles, um, but definitely have found my little niche with prospect development, research and management, and hopefully can continue to do that uh, here at VMFA. Um, what I normally do here is um, a wide variety of whether it's the bios, event bios, uh, leadership profiles. Uh, we also work with the gift officers and the leadership, uh, making sure that they have the correct people in front of them. We work on uh, making sure that the portfolios are dynamic and that's where the wealth screenings come in. Um, random requests um, as well. Uh, so uh, just anything that's out of the ordinary, they send it to us because there's, oh, you guys are the researchers. Uh, go find this, find this information. And we are magical unicorns. Uh, and so <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure we can always find that information, but not always. <laughs> so um, so yeah, it's, um, it's always exciting. And um, the press release did come out that we are doing a capital expansion. Um, so that's exciting news on our front. So I'm looking forward to everything that that will create for us, um, both as an institution and in my little my little department here. Yeah, nice and congrats. Um, Thank you. So, so you've been there for a while, you know, a minute now, right? Six years is a yeah. is a that's 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 a long time in in, uh, in nonprofit elephant years. So well done. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, were you involved in the process of selecting donor search? Um, and if so, kind of what was the challenge or goal and, you know, that you needed uh, a platform like that brought in? Yes. Yeah, so when I came on board, we um, were just uh, starting to grow the departments um, here within the advancement division. Um, I was actually um, a team of one for a long time, <laughs> I think for about three years. Um, so right at the beginning, um, we wanted to do a wealth screening. We were long overdue and um, we knew donor search would be one of them. And we um, went to two other companies. Uh, we are a state institution. So you always have to do the three, uh, sort of the, the three bids, if you will. And what we were looking for uh, was a robust product, uh, one that was user-friendly, one whose information um, can be as accurate as possible, uh, but also in the, this case with donor search, I love the fact that they value what the person has given. So, you know, anytime it's 5,000 or more, that person is more likely to give and it's such a good rule of thumb. Um, so some of the other products tend not to do it that way, um, but it's really nice to have that dual, both the capacity, but also the target ask, you know, based on actual giving, which for us as an institution that doesn't have a defined constituent base like a university, um, it's we need the affinity and we need to know how much they can give and would they be willing to give that much to us. So um, donor search marked or checked all of those boxes and also just the customer service too. That was important for us. 
and I've had experienced nothing but great service with them. And the turnaround was great for the well screening. And we actually have <laughs> another one coming up. We have a 10,000 record uh, screening. Uh, I need to actually work on that. That's on my agenda very soon. Um, but the original well screening was um, 110,000 records. So it was, it was pretty large. Okay. And uh, anything you can share, you know, um, as far as results or, or, you know, the approach you took to, to dealing with that 110 and, you know, what that process looked like, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first thing we decided to do was just reconfirm that everyone that uh, was at the top of um, the capacity and or target asked based on giving make it pretty much confirmed what we already knew. So I kind of just quickly went through those records, set them to the side. Um, and there's a nice feature in donor search where uh, you can actually just have little mini portfolios uh, that you can segment out groups. Uh, so I started to do that. Um, we created an affinity score, an internal affinity score. So I started to do that way. Um, went with the affinity A and then uh, worked with those segments and started to validate the records. Um, and it just, it was a longer process because I was a team of one, but then we had some interns who helped. And then eventually I managed to, uh, we, we got a, an intern, uh, not an intern, um, a part-timer. So that was huge. Uh, so we could tag team on those. Um, the, some of the challenges we came across, <laughs> and this goes back to good, clean data. Uh, we had a lot of duplicate records. So we did have mm -hmm. to uh, deal with that a little bit. Uh, we did come across a lot of uh, folks um, who were deceased and uh, the other um, part of it too, we decided to do, if spouses had two separate records, we did both of them. Uh, so in hindsight, uh, we, for the, this upcoming screening, I said, no, head of household. That might be okay for an, um, a higher ed, because if you have spouses that are in two different schools, uh, but for us, and I recommend for probably most museums um, that just stick to with head of household, a lot, a lot less work <laughs> involved. That's a good tip. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lessons and, uh, from the trench, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but our main goals were really to um, look at the mid-level donors and also people who have been given a long time at a much lower level. You know, they could possibly be hmm. planned giving donors or they could be annual fund donors. Uh, so our goal was really to find more targeted uh, audiences for our mailings, uh, but also within portfolios, looking to see who we can upgrade. So when you go and look at um, a record, in this case in donor search, you can see this person has given 5,000 or more to other institutions. And very recently, they've only, they're only given to us at 600 or maybe 1,000. There's an excellent upgrade opportunity there. So we were, we were and are working with the uh, gift officers to look at the, at the portfolio in that manner, look for uh, potential plan giving, uh, upgrade possibilities. Uh, but also, um, this, um, when Ryan and I had an earlier discussion, um, one of the nice features in donor search, you can do keyword searches. So for example, um, we've had to do, we have a sculpture garden and we you know, would like to do some improvements and all. So you can look up keywords such as gardens, botanical gardens, uh, things like that. And it brings up a list of people who have given to those 
um, uh, those type of institutions and kind of go through and just double check, making sure that's all correct. And then you can kind of do a little mini campaign. And for those who have given to those type of uh, organizations saying, hey, we have opportunities to help with the garden. We'd love to have you, um, you know, support the, the restructure or some of the improvements that we want to do. Um, and do other keywords. Uh, if you have an archival project, um, there's a variety of ways to keyword search uh, within donor search. And so we really like, I like personally, to just dive in and see what we can find within that information that will help us target a specific audience for, um, for any initiatives that we may have. Well, that's great, great. Uh, Ryan, any, any color to add or any additional perspective? Yeah, one of the, so I mean, one of the things that I wanted to mention, the MFA is wonderful. Admission is free. So if you're in the Richmond area, I highly recommend it. Um, but the collection itself is very diverse, right? So I think when I last went a few years ago, there was a Pollock exhibit. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's a number of Jackson Pollock paintings that the museum has. They also have some, some uh, I would say, artifacts that go back to, um, early Egyptian times, or early Roman times. And so if you think about what kind of a museum is this, what kind of a museum is this? I don't know why that was hard to say, um, but <laughs> there's a, a variety of things that you can see, right? It's not even a variety of mediums. It's just, we're talking about art, ancient artifacts as opposed to postmodern art. And so with that, one of the things that's nice, is, as you said, Shano, is you can look at what kinds of things do people want to fund? Um, because one of the, the things that folks often struggle to do is just to get um, undesignated gifts, right? Because when people start to give sizable amounts, there's oftentimes a, a lot of feelings attached to those gifts. And I mean, the whole process of making a gift is involves irrational thinking, like the same part of the brain where you fall in love. And so if you're going to do that, it makes sense that you would want to be really focused in the gift. And, and so what you described makes a lot of sense. We have also had other institutions um, do that for specific initiatives where, where they can be hyper-focused. So University of Chicago came to us for a similar reason when they were centralizing their fundraising. So instead of having the College of Business fundraise and the College of Engineering fundraise and potentially both going after the same couple, um, they decided we're going to manage this out of Central. And, and what they did was they basically said, okay, we want to figure out what everyone likes to support. So when we've got a unique project that combines, say, cancer research and art, we can find people with those intersecting interests and, and reach out to them. Um, so yeah, that's it's the color commentary I would add there. The other thing that's nice, though, because you mentioned mid-level giving, and this is not just donor search. There are other companies that will try to say, here's how much we think people have given elsewhere. There's obviously some devil in the details stuff. But, but regardless of that, mid-level giving can be very difficult because if you just think about it, what is somebody's net worth? What is somebody's capacity? It's really hard to identify if someone's a good mid-level prospect. At a large organization, you'll oftentimes find a bunch of people with capacity 
say between twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars and fifty to a hundred thousand dollars, and how do we translate that to something real? And so, depending on an organization's definition of mid-level giving, being able to say these are the people that have given a thousand dollars elsewhere or five thousand dollars elsewhere is really nice because then you've got a targeted group where where you can actually invest in that. In fact, another one of our clients, the Good Food Institute. Um, essentially meat alternatives. Um, and and what they when they reviewed their database, they identified there were so many mid-level opportunities that they actually went off and hired somebody just for that purpose. They, they obviously tested it and had success first. They didn't just say, well, based on this data, we should hire somebody. But it, it started to pay out so well that they, they brought on a full-time person. No, that's awesome. Um, and it's, it's such interesting timing. I love these conversations. No one ever has it all figured out, right? But you, you know who your, your high-level donors are and you're using technology to, to dig in there deeper and see how you can get those mid-level and, and other kind of you know, outliers out there. Uh, I love this example, the, the garden, you know, really focusing on folks that have given there. And that's, that's using technology in a really smart way. And it's, uh, you know, organizations shouldn't be afraid of technology, right? It's not, it's not going to replace you. It's how you work with it and how you leverage it to, to make it work for you. Yeah, we're very lucky here. Um, they've been uh, just incredibly wonderful with making sure that we have the right tools um, uh, and making sure that every year they always come to us. What do you need? Do you need to uh, just renew everything? Uh, sometimes we'll say, oh, we'd like to try this subscription just for a year. Absolutely. So we're very lucky and I'm very appreciative um, of this uh, because it does. It helps me help everyone else. And that's the whole goal. And um, obviously we have money that we need to raise regardless of an expansion, just in general. And this is a perfect way to do it. And also for just segmenting lists. Um, we're always looking for uh, prospect lists and using all the wealth ratings. That's how we segment out. Um, we look at a variety of different ways and it's, that's what it's there for. And it's, it's making our job on one hand a little easier, but on the other hand, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. can I really include those people? You never know. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, it's been great. It's a great product. Um, well, screenings may not sound all that glamorous, but they're actually kind of fun. I, I kind of like going through and validating and, and knowing that eh, we have some people here. We definitely do. Yeah. I'm sure you always have to kind of struggle with not getting into analysis paralysis, but you know, <laughs> yes. the different ways you can slice and dice everything. It, it, it's limitless, but it sounds like you're doing it in a really smart way. And, and, you know, you're seeing that return on those investments, right? Obviously, because you, you're renewing and you're looking at different subscriptions. So it's obviously working for you. Yeah, we've seen our uh, sort of a very nice, consistent increase in our membership. Um, obviously, with uh, the past couple of years, you know, it's it's gone either direction. Uh, but our um, ex exhibitions are coming back online. There are some incredible ones. Um, I'm actually, <laughs> to make everyone jealous, my window looks out at the entire campus. Uh, we're actually not physically in the museum. We're in a building next to it. And there are a ton of people out today. Plus, it's also 72 degrees out uh, here in okay. Richmond. Uh, so that also helps. But <laughs> this is a destination for people um, in just not only locally, but within the state. And, you know, just being able to get them to see the museum and hopefully they can 
uh, start subscribing to our emails and all, and then hopefully go see an exhibition while they're here. And that's how we really just kind of keep up with uh, hopefully new members and um, yeah, and just keep working, keep working, keep working. Keep trying to find like those it. gems. <laughs> For validation, um, I usually recommend trying not to spend too long on them. Once you clean up the, the record, you may have to do a little further research through other tools or just go online. Um, and once you determine whether someone is a good prospect, it shouldn't actually take you that long. No more than honestly, 10, 15 minutes, because if you look at their giving, how recent, um, and, uh, you know, just the, their potential affinity, uh, if you already have the affinity score, uh, a lot of it should be self-evident. So I do, I really try to not spend too much time. We kind of have a process where prospect research, we identify the, uh, the folks, uh, but then we feel that once we move them on to the gift officers, then they're there to qualify to see if there can be a true uh, relationship and uh, genuine engagement. Uh, so we really work very, very close with the uh, with the gift officers. I like to think of all of us as partners. And yeah, we we here's the people. <laughs> I like it. That's great. <laughs> Go forth and prosper. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. All right. Um, no, that's terrific. Ryan, any any trends you're seeing, kind of industry-wide or and or lessons learned as we're wrapping up here today just kind of some advice for folks out there you know uh, fighting the battles every day and and digging into the data yeah i so i would say when when thinking about a wealth screening number one i would think about how you really integrate it into all of the different fundraising processes that you have so a really good example of that, there's there's two that I can think of. And one of them's really relevant to what you do, Mark. So that one is let's let's think about days of giving. Let's think about online giving campaigns. Oftentimes wealth screening doesn't really get that integrated into it, but but it could be, right? So depending on number one, the thing that that a lot of people get lost in is they should always start with the existing relationship. Right. So if there's somebody that hasn't given in five years, but they've given a million dollars somewhere else, you probably shouldn't just right off the bat ask them for a six figure gift. That doesn't make sense. And you certainly shouldn't plan on receiving that gift that, you know, is possible to attain perhaps over a long period of time. But from a planning perspective, let's say somebody has been engaged and there's significant upside. If you're doing a day of giving, you could always try to treat that gift as a matching gift so that you could inspire others and then use that in messaging. Additionally, you could also temper some of the asks a little bit. So if, if you're able to create specific ask strings for different people, knowing that they've given $10,000 somewhere else, let's say they gave to you within the last year, you don't necessarily ask them for a $10,000 gift online, but what you might wanna do is you ask them for a thousand instead of whatever you were gonna ask for. And one other thing I've, I've seen that's really neat is if you know that there's a lot of upside based on a combination of, again, the existing relationship and our data, don't necessarily give them an ask amount. Just give it free text so they can write in the number on their own because what they're gonna think of is likely to be a larger number than what you would place in front of them. That's the first one. 
Another really good example, and again, this is uh, wealth screening vendor agnostic, is using this data for events. So all of us pretty much are gonna be able to say, here's the estimated revenue of the businesses where these people are executives. And that can literally be used to pull a list of, okay, these are the event sponsors that we're going to call. We have a relationship with this donor as an individual or this alum or this constituent or this parent, right? Whatever it may be, um, we're going to have this event. Why not see if they're interested in throwing their, their company's name on things? And, and we've had a customer that raised more money for their golf outing by doing that than they had previously raised the entire year. And so again, those are just some kind of non-traditional uses that folks should be thinking about because let's just say you paid for a screening and, and stopped working with us. All of us vendors hate that. But even if you do that, there's good data that's got a lot of value outside of, hey, who's capable of giving us $50,000 or $100,000 or whatever major gift may be. And I've, I, to your question, Mark, I've, I've been hearing more of that, which is why I brought it up. Um, but it's also, again, it's just, if you're investing money, try to use the investment as much as you can. Right. Exactly. Well said. All right. Shauna, any, any final thoughts as we're wrapping up here today? Really and truly wealth screenings are incredibly valuable tools for any organization. And no matter how small you are or how large it is worth um, doing, um, you know, every, depends on the organization. I think we prefer to try to do it every three or four years. Um, and, um, and yeah, it's, it just helps organize everything that the gift officers and leadership are trying to accomplish. It's a great way to just make sure that everything is dynamic and moving forward. Um, and just from an informational perspective, uh, you can find out so much more about your uh, donor database just in general, just the overall kind of um, inclinations uh, for them. And it's it's been great. I love well screenings. They're, I highly recommend them for any organization, no matter what size. That's great. Well, thank you both for joining me today and thank you all for listening in. Uh, hopefully you got as much out of this conversation as I did and everybody has, has a great day. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Nonprofit Voice. You can listen to more episodes of the Nonprofit Voice at nonprofitpro.com slash podcast slash the hyphen nonprofit hyphen voice. And remember, for your convenience, you can stream any and all episodes of The Nonprofit Voice on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify.